0: welcome to coffee and conversations with lakeisha we're glad you've joined us today get ready for some kingdom conversation now here's your host lakeisha m johnson kingdom conversation good morning good morning good morning how y'all doing this morning my god god is so faithful um as my grandmother said and you are not worth or worthy to um complain at all i am so grateful to be here this morning so awesome it's so awesome to have the opportunity to be before you always and i never ever ever take that for granted um and i always consider you guys even when i'm on my way um so thank y'all thank you for rocking with me i haven't even been here a month yet it seems like it's been Longer than that, and I realized, um, Jess, and my friend Jess and I were talking about that uh, yesterday, the fact that we haven't been here a month yet, and I'm seeing God's hand in this thing even as we are here a month later, so thank y'all, thank y'all for the support, thank y'all for the love, thank you to all of you guys who have downloaded the JoyNet app, and become a part of the JoyNet family is so important. Um, thank you to those of you that log in every morning. Who rock with us uh, via Facebook, via Instagram, via YouTube. Uh, we are so grateful for you. And we take nothing for granted. We don't take anything for granted. I just can't afford to. I got to make sure at all times and in all things I'm giving God the glory, but celebrating you guys as well in this process and journey. You don't have to get up with me at five o'clock in the morning. Well, some of y'all do. The Lord has probably told y'all get up, but you don't have to get up with me at five in the morning. You don't have to um, support. You don't have to share a video, but you choose to. And every time you make a decision to share a video, to rock with LMJ Ministries, to sow into this ministry, I'm just more. I just become more and more. Grateful. I just become more and more humble. Um, for me, it's not. Um, it's one of those situations where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take nothing for granted. I'm gonna take nothing anxiously. I'm not gonna sit in a situation where I think I'm owed anything. I'm not owed anything. God is just God, and I'm grateful for Him to be god you know i'm grateful for him to be god so if you are just logged on do me oh hey jillian good morning from trinidad Oh, i love that if uh you're on here this morning thanks thank you so much uh do me a favor share the video this morning remember we started yesterday talking about a sober mind and being sober minded and god reminding us who he is in our life and that he is the god that he is in our life and that we be mindful of that in everything and that we not um take that for granted you know um we've taken god for granted in so many different ways and i think we forget a lot of time times who god is what he's trying to do what he's saying um how he's been there and how he supported us and so this week i told you we were working on a sober mind having a sober mind Operating in the mind of Christ. Operating at the capacity that God will have us to operate in so that we can be focused. So I want to pray. I want to give you a scripture this morning. I'm going to read over you and then I want to pray for you because I think it's strategic. For this season, God has never, hey, bro, God has never, ever done anything without a strategy. Um, he provides a way of escape. He always prepares for us. So I think it's very strategic that he's talking to us about our sober mind. And I have a scripture that I um, confess over myself every morning. And the scripture just stuck out. So I'm going to confess that, but I'm going to pray first. Father God, I thank you. Hmm. I thank you, Father God, that this morning we operate in the mind of Christ. I thank you, Father God, for just waking us up this morning. I thank you for you rightly, you dividing the word, you teaching us to divide the word, you being with us, your presence being with us, you being in this place. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord God. I thank you for what you're going to do for us in this devotional, Lord God. I thank you for your authority, your power from on high, Lord God, giving us the ability to deal with all sickness, all disease, all Father God, I thank you, Lord God, for just your Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost being the greater witness, Lord. Now we bind our mind to the mind of Christ and we bind our will to the will of God. And we thank you, Father God, that you have become our safe place. You are our place of refuge, Lord God. We thank you for brand new mindsets in Jesus' name, amen. Brand new new mindsets, brand new mindsets. Brand new mindset. So I want to read you the scripture before I get into the devotional today. And I told you this week, we're going to work towards this sober mind. We're going to talk about this sober mind. We're going to build upon this sober mind. So can I tell you something? There are, um, you won't even realize that you haven't been walking into sobriety until you open yourselves up to receive what God has. I'm just being real. You won't even realize. You won't realize That you are walking in sobriety, you won't even know it. You won't even know it's something that you're not sober in an area until you're in a position and revelation comes in. And once revelation comes in, then you get the process. You get to understand the process and you're like, oh my gosh, I wasn't sober to begin with. Like I've had some significant things happen happen around me that have let me know that I wouldn't have made some of the decisions I made even within the last year if I was walking in full sobriety, if I was really sober, if I was really steadfast in what the Word says. So much of our carnal mind, right, takes takes over. So much of our carnal mind takes over. So today I'm t- I'm I'm sort of titling today's devotional. Fear fear not. So this is what the scripture says. It says, so then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. First Thessalonians five and six. Let us not be like others who are asleep. I want to read that one more time. Let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. First Thessalonians five and six. So six. So I need you to get awake and I need you to become sober. I need you to get awake. I need you to pray and say, Holy Spirit, show me any area in my life that's not awake. Show me any area in my life that's not awake. And I'm and and I'm telling you, there are areas in your life that you have not awakened up to, and that you probably been fumbling around with. And the Lord is like, you're not even sober mind, because if you were sober minded, you wouldn't make the decisions you would have made. If you were sober minded, you wouldn't just accept. Um, anything that the enemy says to you, you wouldn't accept this as being, oh, this is just normal. No, we operate in the supernatural. We operate in kingdom. And so the Lord is calling for us to be awake. You know, everybody says stay woke. They started the thing. Stay woke. The Lord is calling us for us to be awake and sober minded. For us to come out of darkness into his marvelous light. For us to realize there are areas in our lives we haven't even been awakened to the Holy Spirit. We've just been kind of walking around nimble-minded or on automation in so many areas. And it's funny because I hear it in our language or I see it in text. I was texting somebody yesterday and he texted me something. And I was like, hmm. So this is what they really believe about this situation. That means they're not awake. They've accepted this as norm. So just ask the Lord this morning, you know, I, Lord, show me the areas in which I'm not awoke. I'm not awaking yet. I'm not awaking yet and I'm not sober minded. Show me those areas in which I'm not awoke. I'm not waking. I'm not woke up to this thing. Show me the areas in which I'm still sleeping in which I'm not being sober minded. And then I just cast this spirit of fear off you, this worry spirit, this thing that keeps returning you to the same place in which you won't seek God more. Some of y'all need to seek God at a different capacity so that he can awaken you to the fullness of who you are in him, in Christ Jesus. In him, in Christ Jesus, God didn't create us just to kind of half do this thing. He created us to live a more abundant life. Well, if you're going to live the more more abundant life, then we know without a doubt that you need to be awakened and you need to be sober. So ask the Lord, Lord, show me, Holy Spirit, be with me. Show me any area of my life when I that I'm not awakened, that I'm not woke, that I'm still asleep, that I'm still walking around, that I'm still kind of, Nimble minded, in which I, I, yeah, that's good, Paula. Walking around, you don't even know you're walking around in days. I see it, it comes out in our language. And just because we're quoting scripture doesn't mean we're awake. Just because we're quoting scripture, we don't mean man. so. Let's talk about what a sound mind is a legal sound mind. A legal sound mind, if we're looking at it from the legal perspective, a sound mind is a state of a man's mind which is adequate to reason and comes to a judgment upon ordinary subjects like any other rational man so here's the thing that 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 becomes very difficult we assume all of the time we assume all of the time that when a person comes into full age that they will be of sound mind that when a person comes into full age they should be a sound mind. you know we say things like oh you should know that by now Oh, you but what if you've never experienced it what if you've never been through it What if nobody has ever taught you of it? You're not going to operate in a sound mind unless someone has fully demonstrated to you what a sound mind looks like. What a sound mind in Christ looks like. Not a sound mind just in this world, but what a sound mind in Christ looks like. So I'm going to give you this scripture in just a minute, and I'm going to explain to you what was happening here. Because when I explain to you what's happening here, I think you're going to look at the word and what was going on a little bit different. So at this time, Timothy was the pastor of the church of Ephesus, and Nero was in charge. And Nero at that time had secret police who would take pleasure in killing Timothy right? Nero was on a hunt to kill Timothy. He wanted to kill Timothy in some barbaric way. And Timothy knew this, right? And so Timothy knew he was in a position that if Nero ever got his hands on him, he was going to take him out. And he wasn't going to be kind. He wasn't going to take him out lightly. He was going to take him out. He was going to take him out and he was going to put him in a position. He was going to torture him. Timothy already knew this. And because Timothy considered the threat against his life so great, a spirit of fear begin to grab hold of him a spirit of fear begin to grab hold of him so this is why you see paul come in and this is what paul says paul Paul is talking to timothy in second timothy he says listen hold up tim i know nero looks big bad and bold i know the circumstance the situation looks like um, it can overwhelm you i know that you think Your life is in danger, but I need to remind you of something, Timothy. I need to talk to you about this thing. I need to walk you through this thing. I know it doesn't look look good. I know it doesn't look like it's right. I know it looks like this situation could overwhelm you. And Paul says to him in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, he said, let me explain something to you. I need you to be steadfast in this. I need you to understand even though the pressures are on you, even though the finances may not look right, even though your kids have walked out and not said another word to you, I need you to understand that the thing that is coming upon you does not come from above. My God. So say that to yourself right now. That thing that has come upon me does not come from above that's what Paul was t- telling him he said Timothy now, now hold on like hold on I know the pressure seems great I need know the circumstance seems overwhelming I know bro I know you are in a precarious situation I know it looks like that they may be able to get the best of you in this situation but Paul comes in to him and he says to him 2nd Timothy 1 and 7 he says for God is not giving you a spirit of fear so that thing that you see coming upon you, that fear that you're feeling, that worry you're feeling, that ain't caution to the wind. That ain't your, that ain't your nature telling you something. God is not giving you a spirit of fear, Timothy. So don't shift over there in the fear. Don't start thinking about Nero and all his forces. Don't start being overwhelmed by the circumstance and the situation around you. Don't look at the deficit in your bank account. Don't pay attention to the bills coming in. Don't become worried. Don't become consumed. Don't become anxious. I need you to remain steadfast, Timothy, that this thing that's coming upon you has not come from above. This thing is not coming from. God is not giving you a spirit of fear. God is not giving you a spirit of fear. But what he's given you, Timothy, is a power and a love and a, a sound mind. That's the only thing that's coming from God. That's the only thing that's coming from God. So fear not, bro. <laughs> fear not, bro. Don't you be worried. Don't you worry about Nero. And he goes along to say, because even if you die, if you die for Christ, there's going to be a game for you later. So don't you be sitting around here consumed and worried about the approaching forces and the things that are coming against you and the situation and the circumstances that are attacking you. Not that, Don't you sit and worry about that. Don't you be overwhelmed about that. Don't you be consumed about that. Don't you pay attention to what? Nero has said and how they're lurking and how they're looking for you. Don't look at your deficit Don't pay attention in that, because that thing that comes from that's coming up above you that's coming up on you That ain't from God that ain't from God that ain't him. He's not gonna give you fear He's not gonna give you fear fear and faith don't align in the same place He said for God is not giving us a spirit of fear but of power of love and a sound mind and if you begin to look up the greek word for a sound mind it's sozo and phronio and those are compound words and sound means mind means to be saved and delivered <laughs> you're delivered you're rescued revived you're salvaged you're protected you're safe and secure a sound mind is somebody that is resolved that is resolved that they're rescued they're revived they're salvaged they're protected they're safe and they're secure You're resuscitated. When you're operating in a sound mind, you are resuscitated into new life. You don't have time. This fear thing, mm I don't have time to be fearful. I don't have time to be overwhelmed. I don't have time to be consumed because that thing didn't come from God. This depressing forces and sometimes people tell us, oh, you just getting a lesson. Now you ain't getting them. that thing didn't come from God. Even though your enemy is encroaching and looking and waiting and uh, waiting. He's already told us the weapon that's formed against you shall not prosper. That's why he wanted us to rem- remind us yesterday. You should have known by now. And that's what Paul was saying to Timothy. Don't let this thing get the best of you. Don't let this thing get the best of you. That didn't come from God. The thing that God is gonna give you is gonna be full of power full of love and full of a sound mind it's going to protect you it's going to save it's going to be see when you are operating in a sound mind there's a there's a resuscitation to you you're not going to sit around when your friends are anxious and overwhelmed and consumed by things you ain't got time for that when people present you a situation and the bill collectors are calling you and saying i need 335 dollars right now you like i ain't got i got i ain't got time to get i ain't got time to get anxious with you I ain't got time to be overwhelmed with you. When someone calls you and tells you an accident occurred with one of your loved ones, you're like, man, I don't I don't have time to be fearful. I got time to pray. You ain't running out the house. You ain't screaming. You ain't overwhelmed. You ain't consumed. You're not even moved by the things. Why? Because you're operating in a sound mind. You know who rescues you. You know who has revived you. You know who has salvaged you. You know who has revitalized you. Your mind is resuscitated. You're breathing with full capacity. Why? Because you trust. See, a sound mind is an intelligent spiritual thinking. It's an intelligent spiritual thinking. It doesn't operate in the norm. It doesn't operate in um, human mindset. It doesn't process and engage in the thinking that comes from human thinking. It only engages in the thinking that comes from above. So it's important for you to understand this because when you live a life full of faith, when you reach out to do the impossible, the enemy is going to try to assault you mentally and emotionally in an attempt to stop your progress. See, he knew Timothy had a great work. He knew Timothy had something to do. So he was trying to get Timothy to be fearful so he could stop his process. He wanted Timothy. He knew if he could catch Timothy in fear. He knew if Timothy would get overwhelmed and consumed by Nero, he would forget his assignment to the church of Ephesus. The enemy is after your assignment. He's after your family. He's after your finances. He's after your call. He's not interested in you walking in kingdom. He's not interested in you walking in fellowship. He's not interested in you pursuing God with all your heart. He's after your assignment. So the enemy will begin to speak things to your mind saying, "Oh, you can't do this." You you can't do this. You you can't you can't do this. You can't do you can't do this. This is impossible. This doesn't make sense. Are you crazy? Are you nuts? You going to walk away from your job, the thing that takes care of you and your kids and follow God? with all your heart like what you're you're nuts you're completely consumed you're gonna move you're gonna shift you're gonna obey God this much see the enemy knows if he can get those thoughts in your mind if he can get your thoughts in your mind then you won't even pursue God for your purpose you'll abandon your purpose you'll abandon your purpose Yo, that's that's his whole. That's the point of the pressure. He he wanted Timothy so consumed by Nero that he would ban, abandon his purpose. He wanted Timothy so so paying attention to the situation. That's why your trouble starts at home. <laughs> that's why your trouble starts at home. That's why your trouble starts with your kids. That's why the pressure. That's why your pressure is in your peaceful place. See, home is supposed to be your peaceful place. So if he can put the pressure in your peaceful place. My God, if he can put the pressure in your peaceful place, if he can disturb your process, if he can have strife and out between you and your spouse. See, that's why you got to begin to recognize so that you can resist the devil and he will flee. When a storm begins to brew and rise up in your house and your finances, whether or not you are in a sound mind has a lot to do with what your response is. It has a lot to do with your what your response is. The devil will try to make you think that you're going to lose your mind. He will have you thinking you're going to lose your mind. Oh my gosh, man, I'm going to lose your mind. No, you're not going to lose your mind. Of this situation is getting the best of us. No, this situation is not getting the best of us because I know the God that I serve. And if I've known by now that the same God that bailed me out the last time is going to give me, me out this time, why am I even worried about these circumstances? Why am I even worried about this situation? Why am I consumed in thinking about this at all? As a matter of fact, let me get on about my business. Let me get on about my purpose. And so I have a series of questions That I'm going to ask you over the next couple of days as we're talking more about the sober mind. The first thing that I want you to to ask you that I want you to meditate and ponder on is, does my thinking glorify God? Does my thinking glorify God? Romans 1.21 says, although they knew God, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful because but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened so the question for you today is that's my thinking even glorify god how does worry glorify god how does fear glorify god how does how do they if i'm fearful how is that glorifying god if i'm worried how does that glorify god if i'm anxious how does that glorify god he told me be anxious for nothing Everything in prayer and supplication, making my request known before him and he's going to answer me. So my question for you today is, does my thinking glorify God? And, and what I'm thinking right now, can God get the glory out of my thoughts? Can God get the glory out of my fear? Can God get the glory out of my worry? because if i'm in sound mind if i'm actually depicting a sound mind then my thought my thought process and my thought life at all times will glorify god my thought process at all times will glorify god so uh saturday we were in the gym right i always like to leave you with the story we were in the gym And I am a basketball mom. Judah is the last of my crew that's playing basketball. And we were in the gym and um, we were playing in a very intense game. It was back and forth. It was game. It was one person. Uh, We were one point away and Judah is very aggressive and he's very good in basketball um, and he was just kind of dominating on the court and we had a ref that just wasn't really fair, right? We had a ref that just was, he wasn't, he wasn't cool and it seemed like he was just penalizing our team for absolutely no reason and it just seemed as though he was about to he was just penalizing Judah. Judah was getting foul after foul, and you could see they were clear blocks, and you would see they would see clear situation. And so the last time that he fouled Judah, he fouls, Judah fouls out. You, you can see clear that he did not touch the person. And then he parked his eyes and he looked over at Judah and he gave this smirk like, now what? And so the mama bear in me rose up. She did. She rose up. And I look I look across the court and I'm like, did you just mug my kid? Like, did you just mug my kid? Like, did you just mug my kid? And I told the other ref, I said, you better get him because that's not the one that he mugs. And my brother-in-law looked at me and he said, Lakeisha, I got this. Just calm down. And I caught myself. And when I got home later, I asked the Lord, I said, what happened here? And he said, already in your thought process, it is your mindset that you have to protect them for everything. And you're not their protector. You're not their protector. You're not to intervene for them on every situation. And because your thoughts are are to be protective and to be consumed and to be where you feel like you got to go in for them because their dad is not here and all these other things your mindset set in this area you i'm not getting any glory out of it because you already came in with the mindset if anybody do anything to my kids i'm gonna handle this And so the next morning I was meditating on this and I'm like, oh, my gosh, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. And that's a different place, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and foolish hearts were darkened. And I went to a very different space really quickly about my son. And I said to the Lord, I said, well, I have the right to protect him. He said, no, I have the right to protect him. It is not for you to protect him. It's for me to protect him. And so in this area, there's no, you're not glorifying me in your thoughts. You're in your head have already created mechanisms in how you're gonna handle situations where your kids are concerned. You've already said to yourself, if somebody get in my kids like this, and somebody say this to my kids, I'm gonna handle this situation. You've not one time consulted me about how to protect them. The way that you should be protecting them or protecting them in the word. And I'm like, but those are my kids. And he's like, no, those are my kids. Those are my kids. Those are not your kids. And if I'm going to get the glory out of everywhere in your life, you can't afford to be on court mugging the, th- the ref. Because <laughs> I mugged him. And I told her. And I was loud. And I told him. And I walked in and I said, and I said to him, I said, that's not the one you mess with. That's not the kid you deal with. That ain't the kid. That that the kid it is a tough one. It is a tough one, ev, but they don't belong to us. And at the very minute that I was clicking on him, what if he wasn't the you I be being real, the Lord came back and said, "What if he wasn't saved?" What if you were the only evidence of Christ he had met at that moment on the basketball court that you thought you needed to protect your child? You didn't even seek me for wisdom in this situation. You didn't even seek me for wisdom in this situation because your mind was not sober in this particular area and because you've handled this particular area and this particular situation your own way for so long you haven't even partnered with me in how i want them protected when they're dealing with adversity you haven't even partnered with me with that you haven't even asked me for the wisdom so I had to come back. I had to repent. I told the Lord, I said, if you ever bring him across my path again, I, I will apologize. I will apologize even if he doesn't remember me. I will apologize. I may never cross his path again. But it showed me an area in my life in which I didn't have a sober mind. Because if I trusted God with my kids, I would not feel like I had to run to their defense. I would allow him to show me what it is to do next. So the question for today: Does my thinking in every area glorify my God? Does my thinking in how I handle pressure situations? Does my thinking in how I handle people towards my kids? Does in every 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 area, does my thinking glorify God? And you have the right to protect, but how does God want you to protect your family? How does God want you to respond to certain situations where your kids is? How can God get the glory? Because I could have missed the very opportunity to be the greater witness to someone at that basketball court. And I, laugh, I laughed and I said, sometimes, Ronald, your paths across again and sometimes they won't. I And I don't know. Some people you come back across and sometimes you don't. And so you have to remember that if your path never gets a chance to cross again... How is God getting the glory out of every circumstance and situation I'm connected to? And the only way he's going to get the glory out of every situation that I'm connected to is that every thought process that I have has to glorify God. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep on a whole different level. Every thought process has to go. You know how you have those preemptive thoughts? We're almost out of time. You know how you have those preemptive thoughts? If somebody come my way this day, this is what I'm going to tell them. If I come to work and she look at me wrong, this is what I'm going to say. Those preemptive thoughts don't glorify God. Those preemptive thoughts don't glorify God. If you're already going, if you're already rehearsing something, listen to what I'm telling you. If you're already rehearsing a conversation, a situation, how you're going to handle a situation, and you're not bringing the Holy Spirit into that situation then those preemptive thoughts may not glorify god Well, when i get to work i'm gonna say this when i get to work i'm gonna say if you're planning your conversation if you're planning how you're gonna handle a circumstance then i'm telling you the likelihood is those preemptive thoughts are not glorifying god well guess what we're out of time man this is gonna be good this week Involve somebody else Tell them come tune in We getting our minds right We getting adjusted this week We gonna learn how to glorify God In all of our thinking I appreciate y'all for rocking out Hey, go subscribe to the YouTube channel I'm gonna gonna keep saying it Until you catch what I'm saying If you're not on the YouTube channel Go subscribe Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha Go get on my Follow me on Instagram Go to the website LakeishaMJohnson.com Ladies, pillow talk March second. Don't too many of y'all were saying I need pillow talk. Don't not register. Don't wait to register. Go get registered. We're gonna drop the eventbrite link today. Um, the flyer is on its way. Don't even wait to see the flyer. My speakers are dope, but go ahead and get a get get your seat, get your spot. God is gonna do something powerful, and I'll see you guys back here in the morning. Be loved today. Love, peace, and blessings.